Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Guys, welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I am Graham G. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a good week so far. And for today's featured guest here on the show, in addition to obviously Mr. Marceau, we got the Raw Women's Championship challenger from this past week, Liv Morgan, on the line, talking all about her opportunity facing Becky Lynch on Monday night, her journey over the last year, and so much more. She was great. Um, the audio was released on Monday on my YouTube channel in audio form and in article form over on DailyDDT.com. So check out the article. Check out the actual interview from the channel, YouTube.com backslash Graham Gison Matthews. Uh, I'm still going to be airing it anyway here on today's show because I thought it was such a great chat. She was wonderful to speak with, and I want to share that audio with you guys here today. Um, but it did go up initially on Monday as well as my interview with Braun Breaker from NXT. That went up on Sunday on DailyDDT.com and my video uh, interview with him on Sunday on the channel. So a lot of great uh, a lot of great feedback on that. Check that out when you get a chance. And then tomorrow, probably not going up here live on the show next week, but just for YouTube and article purposes, my interview with new SmackDown superstar Xia Li. Uh, that's going up tomorrow on the channel as well and probably in article form as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Xia Li coming to the channel. We had Braun Breaker this past week, Liv Morgan uh, here on the show today, but also in article form this past week, among many others. Uh, we had King Woods a few weeks ago. We've had a number of different people, some people involved with the Psych movie on Peacock. Um, that was really cool as well. In addition, a lot of other interviews coming up on the channel in the days and weeks to come. So if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please do so. And if you're not already subscribed to this show, definitely do so as well. we got new episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. And that being said, guys, here's my exclusive chat with Raw superstar Liv Morgan. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham G. Samathis here with Bleacher Report and Fanside of Daily DDT. And ahead of Raw this coming Monday for the Raw Women's Championship, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch. Today we're talking to the number one contender, Liv herself. Liv, how's it going? So good. How's it going for you? Doing great. Someone actually brought it to my attention the other day that this Monday on Raw, and I might be wrong, but I think this Monday with this match with Becky is going to mark, I think, the 17-year anniversary of the Trish and Lita main event on Raw, wow. which is crazy. It, it, it's so crazy. Um, it's so weird how, you know, that just aligned together. I'm really hoping we get to be the main event, too. Um, but it just gives me extra motivation that I didn't even need for this match. It's wild, too. And I think they actually just talked about that on an episode of Ruthless Aggression, like, the other day. Like, a week ago. They put up a new episode about it, all about that women's main event. Obviously, WWE's talked about it a lot of before. But how are you feeling going to this match on Monday? We're speaking on Thursday right now. Um, I'm feeling good, you know. I've just been taking every day and um, trying to prepare in different ways um, for this match. I had a 
training session with Nadia ready this week, and mm. I have a wrestling ring in my backyard now, so I'm just going to be kind of just laying low for the week and just um, <laughs> trying to mentally and physically prepare for this match. That's awesome. How long have you had a ring in your backyard? I've had it for a couple months, and it just hasn't um, been put together, but it's um, mm-hmm. finally put together this week, so just this week. Nice. That's fantastic. Well, that's obviously got to give you an advantage, but uh, in the last you know year and a half, especially with the pandemic being closer like to Orlando, just with the shows being filmed out of uh, the Performance Center and whatever, how have you really seen, I mean, I feel like this you know pandemic period for a lot of people has been very helpful as far as like, you know, in the ring working on promos and in ring work and stuff like that. And you yourself have gotten a great opportunity over the last 18 months to show a lot of improvement on a lot of various fronts on the mic and the ring, stuff like that. Um, how have you seen yourself, like your development really come a long way in the last 18 months since this whole period kind of started? Um, I don't, I don't know that the pandemic necessarily had anything to do with it, mm-hmm. you know, because um, a lot of places were closed, you know, we were kind of all secluded to our homes, but I just know that just regardless, I try to always just better myself in every aspect, you know, in this business, um, you'll never know it all. You know, there's so mm-hmm. much knowledge. There's so many things to learn but I strive to know as much as I can so I just try to take every day as an opportunity to just learn something else you know so luckily you know there's been progress made and hopefully progress just keeps coming and you mentioned Natty before as someone that you're working with as far as you know training ahead of this match on Monday is there anyone else that you're specifically working with getting kind of advice from obviously Ruby's a you know an obvious choice as well and Sarah too but beyond them anyone else that you're really like closely working with or is it just a variety of people um, you know, just, I guess those, those would be it, you know, I've kind of, um, just kept to myself, not that I don't want opinions, but, um, I feel like I know what I think and I know what I believe and I don't really want anyone else to sway that, you know, mm-hmm. um, regardless whether it was Becky or not, I was coming for that WWE Raw Women's Championship, but it just so happened to be Becky and, you know, I would have loved a friendly competition, but Becky has, um, obviously decided to make it personal from the get-go you know Mm. whether it was mentioning my friends or how I'm a failure or how you know I don't have big moments you know whatever Becky has wanted to say about me now the situation has a completely different energy yeah and it's going to be a big match going into Monday with that you know personal layer to it like you mentioned and you showed the video of her on Monday's Raw and we'll get into that in a little bit but I mean just in general the last couple of months for you have been crazy being a part of the Raw brand now the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship Uh, just talk a little bit about how crazy the last couple of months have been for you breaking out on your own being on Smackdown coming over to Raw and now getting the single spotlight for an extended period of time for the first time in your career. Um, it's been insane. I've just been really grateful and I've been trying to enjoy it in the moment, but it's a lot of pressure. So <laughs> it's a little bit hard to enjoy. I'm having fun, but I want to, I want to be my best and I want to succeed and I want to prove myself right, you know, mm-hmm. um, in this situation. Did you feel a little bit more pressure after the release of that documentary that they did on you? I mean, obviously, I know that was like a the, the timing of it was weird because it was supposed to kind of coincide with like this more meaningful you know period for you on SmackDown a few years ago. And then they just kind of put it out just randomly a couple of months ago on the network or on Peacock or whatever it was at that point. And I feel like they put a lot more eyes on you as far as what people can expect from you. Obviously, the watch live thing and stuff like that. I feel like that was a big I don't want to say turning point, but that's really helped your momentum a lot in the last year. Oh, totally. It was such an unexpected blessing, you know. It was only supposed to be a little package of, you know, how do you feel being drafted to smack by yourself and it turned into 
a, a year-long documentary that we did every single week. Um, and it just gave fans, you know, just a super personal look into my life and my thoughts and what my situation was, um, which is so different than it is now. Um, like you said, you know, I am the number one contender, and I feel like I owe my fans um, so much for that. I feel like I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for them. Yeah, and just kind of going off of that, too, you have such a passionate fan base. And, I mean, you specifically, too, as someone who, I mean, really up until recently, you weren't really on TV all that consistently just before moving to Raw. But despite that, every time you come out, like, I'm thinking, I had a friend that was at the Raw in, I think it was Providence about a month ago. You had a match with Tamina on main event that was actually very good. And he had Uh, said... That was so amazing. Yeah, it was a really good match. And that was right before you became the number one contender. And he was in the building for it. And he said the place went, I mean, this is a main event taping before Raw. And the place went crazy for you. Like, that was one of the loudest main event matches I've heard in a while. So talk a little bit about that and the connection you have with the audience. It feels like it's like no one else is on the roster. Um, I don't, you know, it just feels so authentic. It just feels so authentic. Um, Every time I walk out, even though I don't see a lot like familiar faces, you know, we're in new cities every single week. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of know these people, you know, and they know me. It's just, I don't know. They've, they've been such a blessing and I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did to deserve that, but I'm so grateful for them. It's I really cool. am. They were, they were so incredible that night um, mm-hmm. in the main event match. And that was actually the night where I first confronted Becky just stared at her. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it was a great night. I had a crazy progression in like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just a month ago as we speak right now, which again yeah. is nuts. And, and you got the title match coming up on Monday. Um, it's crazy. You talked about the pressure a little bit before, and I wanted to ask, like, obviously you're feeling this pressure and it's it can be tough to deal with the times and stuff like that. You want the main event next week. Does part of you, are you saying to yourself, like, is it like almost beneficial if you don't have the main event because you don't like the pressure can be too much? Or I mean, obviously you want to be the main event. I feel like it's a little bit of both. Yeah, you know, I did talk about pressure, but also um, I didn't mention that I completely thrive under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) That is when I'm at my best. So I would love the main event. You know, I would love to take mine and Becky's personal high stakes match and match it with, you know, the historic match that happened 17 years ago that I watched live, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting on my bed. And um, I would love to kind of not recreate it, but the symbolism is, it means a lot to me. And I would love to. I would love to have the main event spot. I'd love to, you know, just tear the house down with Becky, but also win that championship. And I'd love to do it for my fans. I feel like I owe them. I owe them that. Yeah, and a lot of people are looking forward to that match just to see you get your moment. And I mean, it's been it's been a crazy last couple of weeks as far as this feud with Becky goes and seeing you on TV more, the, the, the mic time you guys have gotten with the promos and the matches, and you had Team Liv versus Team Bex on Monday on Raw. I mean, just two months ago, you were part of the SmackDown brand, and I've spoken to Kevin before, and he mentioned how every single draft year, you every guys always... Draft. Yeah, every single draft, you guys not only get drafted, but you always end up on the same show. He brought that up a year ago when we did an interview, and it, like, it was the same thing this year, too. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's unreal. Since, since like you know almost since six years it's just been it's been so consistent it's it's a little bit bizarre yeah it is bizarre I mean in kind of going off of that too I mean at this point do you like come draft time is it like all right I'm gonna end up on the opposite show like it's not even a question at this point oh, like yeah, are you just I kind, yeah. of expect, I kind of expect um just this year I totally I knew I was going to rob yeah. I was like I've been dropped there for a year I was like I'm going are you partial <laughs> so to I bunch of Rob's been so yeah 
Raw has been so gracious to me. Um, I've really enjoyed my time on Raw. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of new things. Um, getting to show different sides of my the Raw has been such a blessing. Yeah, I mean, kind of going off of that, it's sorry to interrupt, but like you mentioned, you know, going back and forth between the two, like, do you feel, is there any sense of worry going from one brand to the other and not like, maybe that momentum may not translate over because over on SmackDown, you had the thing with Sonya for a while, then feuding with Carmella before coming to Raw. Again, you're expecting it, but is it like, am I going to have this same uh, momentum, I guess might be the right word, going over to the other show or is there no worry of that at all? You just kind of have to take it day by day. You kind of just have to take it day by day, you know, because when you worry about things that are kind of out of your control, um, it's such an energy drainer. You know, I really kind of just, I try to at least just worry about things that I can directly Mm -hmm. control. Like, okay, if I do go to this new show, am I going to, you know, do my best? Absolutely. Am I going to try my hardest? Absolutely. Am I going to keep training? Absolutely. Just the things that I have a hand in is what I really try to focus on worrying about. So I just think about, um, just keep just keep trying to kill it, you know. Mm-hmm. No matter what I'm on, just keep on um, proving myself. Yeah, that's the best way to go about it. I mean, we got to see a little bit of that on Monday's Raw when you guys had the contract signing before the 10-woman tag team match, which was great. And it's cool, too, because we got to see you on the mic a little bit on Monday. But I feel like the some of the best work that we've seen from you on the mic hasn't been even on TV. I mean, Monday was obvious, an obvious example, but if people watch the YouTube stuff or on Raw Talk and stuff like that, we get to hear a lot more from you on those shows as well. Um, has there been any one inspiration I don't know if that's the right word or like influence that's helped you with the speaking part of things or is that you just kind of doing it over and over and just getting better at it um just you know I've always liked promos you know uh-huh. um I mean well when I first started um at NXT I had never performed ever in my life you know I didn't public speak so it was definitely a new thing it was definitely nerve-wracking but as I stepped into kind of my character and groove I developed my own formula you know um kind of of how to write my promos and do my promos, how I like to perform them. And I was really comfortable with them, but then I got um, moved to SmackDown and then Raw, and I was part of a girl group, you know, Ride mm-hmm. Squad, my, my, my sisters, and um, well, I didn't do promos so much, you know, so I kind of went a long time without getting that actual showtime, here-we-go feeling that mm-hmm. you kind of need because you can practice you know, at home in the mirror, which I do that as well. <laughs> but it's, there's nothing like, you know, you need the energy. You need the energy to see how you're really going to perform, I feel like. Yeah, and, and I thought, so, you know, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, no, 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 that was it. It's just been really cool to kind of step back into that. Yeah, and it's it's been, especially in the last couple of weeks on Raw, again, not to repeat myself, but going to this match with Becky on Monday, like, it hasn't just been, all right, you became the number one contender, here's the title match. Like, we've actually gotten here from you quite a bit, um, and we heard from you quite a bit on Raw this week, and I thought it was such a great segment, setting the stage for Monday, getting people hyped up and stuff like that. Um, obviously, one of the takeaways coming from that segment was, you know, you mentioned the Becky contract and the releases line, whatever. Uh, some people had some issue with that. Did you see any of the backlash at that at all? Any reaction to that? Yeah, I, um, I, I saw, you know, online, you know, I, I don't really go through everything that you know it's tweeted to me or said but it was just a very apparent online so i i saw it um and i feel like i have to everyone is allowed to feel the way that they want to feel everyone Mm -hmm. wants to react um I, i i said what i said i guess and um i had not one intention to offend anyone Mm -hmm. you know and all i do know is that my friends that i were talking about they they got to me afterwards and say how awesome they thought it was and how proud they were of me, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So, um, yeah, it was just one of those things that I guess got a little controversial. It's a sensitive topic, but it's also the reality of, you know, things that we're all going through right now. Yeah, and it got people talking, and again, it gets more people talking about the match coming up on Monday with the Raw Women's Championship, and kind of talking about them for a, a minute. My friend actually talked to Ruby a couple of months ago about something else, and she had mentioned in that interview that you guys all have farms now, which is just amazing. So can, funny. Can you talk a little bit about that and the farm life you currently live, I guess? Yeah, um, farm life has been great right now. I have eight cows and 19 chickens. I have a pig. I have two cats, two dogs. So it's pretty busy here, but it's really peaceful. And it gives me such a contrast from the road life. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I think Sarah had a farm first. And then I think it was me and then Ruby, you know, mm-hmm. she has horses. She takes care of horses. Um, and it's just, it, it kind of fills off the grid a little bit, you know? Yeah. I feel like I get so much stimulation when I'm traveling and when I'm at work and then when I come home, it's just very quiet and um, secluded. And I just get this peaceful presence of all these pure animals around me. (laughs) That's funny. My girlfriend has like 17 animals and doesn't have a farm, but she has like six dogs and cows and sheep. So I I could totally relate to that. I've seen it before. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's wild. You want sheep? sheep Goats, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> as we wind down here, Liv, I had to ask as well. I know you're a big Chucky fan. We've had the show on USA airing after NXT. I've been watching it after NXT for the last two months now. I haven't seen the season finale. It aired the other day, but have you been keeping up with the show? And if so, what have your thoughts been on it, Ben? Yeah, I've loved it. I've loved it. I feel like they touch on a lot of, um, you know, themselves, a lot of sense of topics, and, you know, a lot of current themes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've been really enjoying it. And you get like a classic that you love, you know, like his humor. And it's just, he's so iconic. So I've been really enjoying it. And I did watch the finale. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but they definitely, they definitely leave it to where um, you know there's going to be a season two and mm-hmm. kind of leave it open ended. So you more already and not have to wait. So I'm excited for season two. Perfect. Well, I look- love Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know she's in. Yeah, no, she's been great in the show as well. I'm looking forward to that second season. I know it was already renewed, so I know what I'm expecting going to the season finale. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I'll be I'll be watching that a little bit. But Liv, this has been great. People can check you out this Monday on Raw USA Network. You and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Almost exactly four years removed from when you arrived on SmackDown, part of the main roster with the Riot Squad, and one of the first people you attacked backstage was Becky Lynch. So I feel like this is going full circle. Oh, it's definitely a full circle in so many different ways. And I i couldn't be more excited and I couldn't feel, honestly, more ready to just take this head on. Fantastic. And everyone else is excited as well. Liv, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope you have, the, um, <laughs> you have a great day. <laughs> thanks, Liv. You too. Take care. Thanks again to Liv for the time. She was wonderful. If you want to check out the interview again in article form, it's available over at DailyDDT.com. And the audio of all of these interviews first goes live for the most part on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. We got audio for some interviews. We got video for some interviews. We got Braun Breaker on video, among other people, Zia Lee coming tomorrow. So stay tuned for all of those. But before then, though, we got Mr. Marceau on the line joining me per usual to talk about NXT War Games from Sunday. We got a Raw review, Dynamite Thoughts, and some breaking news on a developing unfortunate situation involving Jeff Hardy. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? I'm doing well, GSM. How are you? 
doing great. Now, you did give me the report just before we started recording and over text last week, but for the listeners, as we discussed a week ago, we were talking about Christmas movies. I recommended Jingle All the Way. Your two cents. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, good stuff. I mean, the, the, the mailman's pretty annoying, but besides <laughs> that, I thought it was a good movie. So that's easily accessible on Disney+, Plus, right? Uh, yeah, I believe we watched on Disney+. Plus. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I have obviously seen it before, I just haven't seen it in a while, and I didn't know where people are watching it now. I know it airs on Freeform, or the former ABC family, like, every year, all the time, but um, if you want to watch it on demand, that's where it is, so. I haven't really watched many movies. Have you watched Home Alone yet? Home Alone 1 and 2? I watched Home Alone 2, like, three times. Did you watch the first one before that, or just the second one? I watched... <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first one, and I watched the third one. The third one? What are your two cents on the third one? The third one's alright. Molly really likes the third one. I mean, what? It's, not my, it's not my favorite, but Molly likes it. So. She likes the third one. She likes the third one, yeah. The third one is garbage. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's garbage. I think, I think it's, it's terrible. Okay. No, I, I, I'll fight. I'll, I'll defend it. I don't think it's that bad. Maybe it's better than the fourth one. The fourth one, I don't know where that one is, but that one used to air don't, on ABC. Don't Family. watch the remade one. There's a new one that's on Disney Plus. It's awful. You did you see that one? It was awful. You watched the? I haven't seen it. Yet. I knew it was bad, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. The plot is so like not good at all. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't checked it out. I might just see it just to say that I saw it and just to see how actually bad it is. So that's on Disney Plus too. Home Sweet Home Alone, I think it's called. It's awful. <laughs> I got to go back and watch Home Alone one and two first. M- maybe actually, you know what? I'll probably watch the new one first. So then to cleanse the palate, I'll watch the first and second one. Alexis actually said that her favorite, I think her favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone two, and I, I know you had said the same thing, and she had mentioned that. And, uh, yeah, no, the, the first and second one are just great. But anyway, a uh, lot to get to here today on, on a more serious note. Uh, news just broke before we started recording. You actually broke the news for me. Mere minutes before I called you, news broke for Fightful Sean Ross Sapp reporting that WWE reportedly releasing Jeff Hardy. Now, he was in the headlines, making headlines on Sunday, I think, after War Games. Um, it was reported that um, at the house show they did on Saturday night, they had a multi-man tag team match in the main event. I saw the footage, the fan footage of him in the ring. People were saying he looks sluggish. And then he tags out, and then he disappears into the crowd and doesn't come back. The security guard goes after him. And then we don't see him again in the footage, um, which was weird. It was then said that next night that he was sent home from the tour. No word on his update until today when we found out he was released. Um, so, very unfortunate. He had actually added, uh, Sap did, that... Um, as you had mentioned, RJ, when we spoke about it earlier, that he was offered rehab and he declined. So their response was letting him go. And that's not the first time that's happened um, as not, I mean, maybe with him, but um, it happened actually with Umaga many, many years ago. Um, and it's sad, and I hate to even bring that up. It was actually Umaga's, the passing of his anniversary was less than a week ago, I think on the 4th or 5th or something like that. And uh, he was only released from WWE six months earlier because he actually refused rehab as well. Um, I think Jeff's story will have a better ending than that, but it is scary when you read stuff like that. As I just told you right before we started recording here, literally just saw him two or three weeks ago. He was on Broken Skull Sessions, and obviously he's not going to go on a show like that and say, oh yeah, I'm doing terrible, like I just relapsed the other day. But he did seem genuine when he said, like, you know what, I'm on the right track, I'm doing a lot better now, and then this type of stuff happens. So it's just... 
I, it's, you know, disappointing, I guess, but it's more so sad than anything else. I just want him to be better as a massive fan of him myself. Um, just, you know, really sad to see that. But anyway, Mr. Marceau, your two cents in the whole situation. Definitely sad. I mean, after after going to Survivor Series, I mean, he had probably one of the biggest pops of the night, it seemed like. I mean, the fans are always behind him, but it seemed like he was maybe getting some kind of rejuvenation of his career. And hearing the reports over the weekend and now getting released, it's just sad. I mean... Hopefully, it does seek some help. I mean, if it, it it seems like it's something that needs to be attended, so uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think this might be his last run. Yeah, he appeared to be primed for a push against Roman at some point. He had spoke about it on Broken Skull Sessions. He said it in many, many interviews that he wanted Roman for the Universal Championship. Not that they were going to do it at day one, because obviously they already set in stone Roman versus Brock again. Um, but probably, if I had to guess, either at the Rumble or at the Saudi show in February, maybe coming out of WrestleMania, they would have done it. It looked, excuse me, it looked like they were going to do it at some point, and they just obviously never got around to doing it, which is unfortunate. And um, but that's obviously not the most important thing. But like you said, kind of going off of that, was this his last run? I feel like you know this was kind of like his last ride, so to speak, in WWE. Um, and, and this is how it ended, unfortunately. I, I don't see. I mean, it's possible, not to say that it can't happen, but I don't see a situation. I don't think it's likely. Or even if he does get help and he improves and whatever, I don't know if they would bring him back because I just think they see him as a liability. And as I told you earlier, um, you know, this isn't the first time he's had issues in the company during his most recent run. I mean, he was arrested. He had a couple of DUIs a few years ago. And that was only back in like 2019. He had only just come back in 2020. They did the whole Seamus feud about relapsing about a year ago, which is in poor taste in retrospect. Um, yeah, man, it's just, it's just weird. So I don't know. I mean, at his age, what is he? 43, 44 at this point. I, I don't know if they would bring him back and it's not like, Oh, we can go back to impact or go to AEW. Like, honestly, man, I think he might just be better off being done for good after this. Cause I feel like being on the road or whatever might not be as, uh, might not be good for him, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's, so. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, unfortunately, but hopefully he gets the help that he needs and. Hopefully, maybe we get another run. I don't think it'll happen, but hopefully, he just gets the help he needs and he just death space. All I can say, I feel like. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, obviously, you know, people are going to start speculating. Oh, can we see him back at some point? Oh, can we see him in AEW? Which I feel like would be the worst thing, obviously, right now or any other time in the foreseeable future. But the important thing is him getting the help he needs, and hopefully, he does get that um, in the not too distant future. Uh, you know, in, in the immediate future, and hopefully, we can see him do better um, sooner rather than later. But let's get into war games from Sunday before we go any further with uh, Raw or Dynamite from this past week. A very newsworthy week for the uh, former Black and Gold brand. As uh, I thought war games overall was actually a great show. You know, I didn't have low expectations, but, you know, the takeovers had a expectation level and a certain tendency to always deliver. Some were better than others, um, but the takeovers were never bad. But this wasn't a takeover, and we were also in this new era of NXT, NXT 2.0. The shows have been very hit or miss over the last three months. There's a lot of people I like on the shows, a lot of characters and acts I don't like. So I was kind of skeptical going into the show. But that overall, I liked both War Games matches a lot. I thought the tag team title match was great. And I thought overall it was actually a pretty strong show. So we didn't really talk, we talked about a few different things here and there. Um, but I want to get your overall two cents, Mr. Marceau, on what you thought of War Games from Sunday night. I thought it was a fun show, I feel like, as it's probably one of its first big shows for basically NXT 2.0. I thought it delivered. I thought the young guys guys and girls shined, and I thought it was a bright spot for the brand. 
So let's get into the women's war games first, which started off the show. We had Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray knocking off the duo of uh, the entire Toxic Attraction group in Dakota Kai. Um, I would probably say, at least of the three women's war games matches, this was the weakest. Which It was still a great match, I thought. Um, I saw a lot more people being more skeptical than I, or more critical than I was, which, I mean, I get it, I guess, but... Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I like the story they told with Cora Jade, as you did. I thought she really completely fucked up her shoulder, which she didn't, obviously, because they played it into the, into the match, and it was part of the storyline. Um, she sold that great... I mean, even the way she landed that move looked like she did legitimately land on her shoulder, so um, that was great. The story they told was solid. It wasn't really overly exciting, and my biggest nitpick of the match, as was with the main event, they got to tone down the fucking weapons. They're throwing in every piece of wood and, 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 and kendo stick and chair they can find every piece of wood and steel they can find underneath the ring and uh, other than that though I really liked the match and they had the baby faces go over by having Cora Jade pin um, JC Jane very likely to build towards the future NXT Women's Championship match for her after pinning Mandy a few weeks ago so um, your thoughts in the opening Women's War Games match on this show thought it was good like you said I I mean I'm, after I watched I immediately texted you and said I thought it was good but there's way too much furniture yeah. I mean like I said, if the whole point of the war games is the whole is the whole is the actual war game itself, like the actual cell and being in the two rings, you don't need to bring a thousand fucking weapons in. It just it's a putting a three piece suit on top of each other. I mean, Christ Almighty, hat and a hat's an understatement. So they just they need to tone down the weapons definitely. But I thought it was good. I thought the right team won. The baby faces needed to win. Toxic attractions went so over that them losing here wasn't like a huge thing and. Cora Jade's been their young, up-and-coming, bright star, it seems like, for the women, and she got the win, and seems like they're going to be pushing her pretty heavily, and seems like that's a good decision. I know you're big, as big of a fan of Cora Jade as I am as far as her potential and upside in this company. Um, do you see her being a future champion in this brand, if not you know on the main roster? Because I certainly do. She kind of fits, like I said on Hashtag. To me, she kind of gives me that AJ Lee vibe. Not to compare to anyone, but she's her own unique individual. But she kind of gives me that same vibe as someone who can succeed in that way. Yeah, I think she's definitely, out of all the women on NXT, I mean, she's the youngest. It seems like they have some interest in her, and I think the right push, and I think she could be a star in the main roster, let alone NXT. So I think she's got her a lot to learn still, but I think she's, she's they're putting her in the right spot to succeed. I mean, it's scary how good she is for just being 20 years old. I mean, not to make ourselves feel old, but I mean, the fact that she is only 20 years old is just amazing to me, and she's already improving on the mic. She's already pretty good in the ring, so she has a very bright future ahead of her, I think, if they can stay the course. Um, NXT Tag Team Titles defended. Uh, Imperium taking on Kyle O'Reilly and our favorite Von Wagner. This actually ended up being a great match for a match that really had no heat going into it. I mean, Von, Von Wagner is abysmal, but whenever Kyle O'Reilly was in there with uh, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, it was a great match. And Eichner specifically, we talked about, I feel like we just talked about him like a week or two ago. Maybe I don't know if it was over text or here on the show, but I think Eichner is excellent. I don't know where people have been. People were like, oh, man, he's so good, dude. He's been in the company for five years now. We were we were talking about this four or five years ago with how good this guy is and not saying he should get this big singles push. Maybe at some point he can. But I think Imperium really doesn't get the credit they deserve for being as good as they are in the ring. Now, their booking has been terrible for the past year or so because it seems like they always lose. I think Brazongo beat them in their final match on the brand, and then they got released and Imperium was still there, so that made no sense. Um, but they've rebounded. The tag team champions had a great match here. And Kyle O'Reilly uh, taking the pinfall loss for his team, which made sense given what happened afterward. That saw Von Wagner attempt to attack Kyle O'Reilly, only to dodge it. 
and uh, kind of send him fleeing from the ring. So we'll get to their match on NXT from Tuesday in a little bit. But as far as this match goes, um, your thoughts in the tag team title match, did you enjoy it as much as I did? Yeah, this is a great match. I feel like Imperium is very underrated, and I think it is because of their booking. I think they're good as a team. Eichner's great as well. Um, I think we saw that in the Cruiserweight Classic when he came into the company. Yep. But um, I think they're great as a tag team. I think they're it just. I feel like they're maybe, they're just not flashy. Maybe is why I don't know. And I also think their booking hasn't been great. So I feel like people are down on them. But as a tag team, I think they've been great. Just very under underutilized and underappreciated. But I thought this was good. Von Wagner, I just, I honestly don't understand. <laughs> Besides him being tall and big, I don't understand the appeal about him. He's just there. I don't care about Von Wagner. Kyle was in, when, like you said, whenever he was in there with Imperium, I loved it. Whenever Vaughn was in there, I'm just like, Jesus. So, I don't understand the obsession with him. Like I said, he is big and, and tall, but I don't know. It is a my cup of tea, and what happened after set up for, for, uh, Tuesday night, but I'm I'm a non-Von Wagner guy. Yeah, with Imperium, they're actually coming off a great match on Halloween Havoc 2 with MSK that didn't really get talked about enough either, but that Lumberjack match was awesome, I thought, and they had another great showing here. With Von Wagner, I've seen other people make the compare. I, saw, I mean, I've always called him a, a creator wrestler from the WWE video games, but I had seen someone on Twitter say the other day that he was Von C-A-W Wagner, like with the call Wagner, whatever, which I thought was Von very clever. Kong. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> was great. And, um, yeah, so they had their match on Tuesday, a steel cage match. Von Wagner's solidified as a heel now. Comes out to the most generic music possible. The music is terrible. And the fact is that in the ring, he's not even, like, awful. But he feels like he... I'm not even joking. When he, he feels like a creative wrestler, not as even far as how he looks. But, like, even in the ring and how he moves around and even how he talks, it feels like whoever created him in, in a video game stacked his height requirements but didn't really stack the stats as far as his in-ring ability or mic skills go. His mic skills are awful. Like, his promos I love just because they're so awkward. It makes me laugh. And Tuesday was no exception. But they had their steel cage match, which wasn't bad. Um, but they did make Von Wagner look strong, brother. They had him look strong. And they had him kick out of Kyle O'Reilly's finisher. Ultimately win the match and attack KOR afterward. Um, seemingly sending him off out of the company. And I had seen an update today from Meltzer. I think people kind of mistake Meltzer's analysis for news sometimes. I think Meltzer was, was just saying that he wouldn't be surprised that with what they did on this show, on Tuesday's show with O'Reilly and Gargano, that he wouldn't be surprised that they came back to continue those feuds with how they sent them off. Um, I don't think he actually reported, oh, I think they're staying. I mean, maybe he did, but the way that I read it made it sound like he just thought that's what they could have done. I disagree. I think the way that they wrote them out on Tuesday, specifically Kyle O'Reilly, tells me he is not coming back and he is definitely done. Specifically, if you see the photos that were posted afterward from fans, and then the fact WWE didn't post any of that footage online is very telling. Um, of Kyle O'Reilly and Gargano saying goodbye, because it really does seem like they're done. But O'Reilly would be an absolute fucking moron to stay on this show. I mean, there is just no future for him, I think, in this company. So uh, your thoughts on the Steel Cage match and O'Reilly's future in WWE? Uh, I thought the match, like you said, the Steel match was good, but I'm just not a Von Wagner guy, so I guess it was fine. Yeah. But, uh, Kyle going, like you said... I don't know. I like I know I I want him to go to AEW, but I just I don't know. I just feel like they keep getting more and more people, and they're just like kind of just there. So I'm, I mean, I'd rather see him with Cole and then actually doing something. So if it breaks Cole away from the Young Bucks, and sure, but if not, I guess. But 
I feel like his ceiling's kind of hit at this point. They're not, if they're, he's not going to win the belt when he did like a year ago, he's not going to win it ever. So he would be done to stay. Like, why would he want a few with Von Wagner? He's awful. It was a good match, but bless Von Wagner, please. <laughs> yeah, please less of Von Wagner. Um, yeah, I'm not even saying like go to obviously like not go to AEW and feud with the HFO in a singles feud. I mean, obviously the only real reason I would want him in AEW is to reform Red Dragon or at least reform Undisputed Era. I mean, at the very least, reform Red Dragon with Bobby Fish and then hopefully do him, Cole, and Fish together as a group again. Um, I, otherwise, on his own, I mean, he, he doesn't really have much of a future in AEW either. I mean, I think O'Reilly is great, but as we saw on Wednesday, they they brought in Jay Lethal. Had a great debut. Gets tossed out of the uh, Battle Royal in 90 seconds by, let me check my notes, Matt Hardy. So, uh, you know, a feud of the HFO isn't exactly a career positive sign, in my opinion. A great indicator of what they think of that person. Uh, not that Matt Hardy's terrible, but the HFO is pretty bad. But anyway, um, I think you would have to go to AEW and reform Red Dragon. But my guess, I mean, stay or go, does your instinct say? I mean, I know you want to see him in AEW doing that stuff, but... What do you think will happen? Do you think he stays and resigns, or do you think he ultimately goes to AEW now that his contract uh, his contract has expired? I think he's going to AEW. I mean, I don't think he'll stay. There's no real reason to stay, so I think it'd be better to him to AEW, form up with the fish, and then maybe get with Cole. So they seem to kind of bleed into the dynamite review real quick because on this note, it's related. Um, you know, we saw the best friends and Bucks match last night. They already did Cole and Fish versus Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. It seems like they're setting up an eight-man tag team match between those two teams, like an eight-man tag team match between the Elite and, and Cole and Fish or whatever, and then best friends. Maybe they do. I mean, maybe they set that in stone on Rampage for Winter is Coming. Honestly, I think if he's going to AEW and his contract is up this week. I would have him debut as soon as possible and have him debut at that show next week, but that's just me. I don't. I, what, what are your thoughts? Um, maybe they wait I, until next I, year. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just feel like it kind of just like I feel like they kind of brought fish in, but it was kind of random. So maybe they put fish in something and he needs backup. Then you bring O'Reilly in. Okay. I don't know. I'd probably wait till after the new year. Do you think, with what we've been pitching for a while now, do you think they might wait for when, hopefully, hopefully, I'm not saying that this is where they're going, but this is where we want to see them go. Hopefully they have Cole turn on the Bucks and the Bucks go back and do their own thing again and they can have Cole, and that's when they bring in O'Reilly, they can have Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish together. Do you think they might be waiting for that at some point? Um, I don't yeah. know if they're ready to do that is the thing. I don't know. I would just wait off till after the new year. I'd definitely put him with Fish first and then okay. kind of plant the seeds that they're going to go with Cole over the Young Bucks. Okay. I mean, I guess it's company to company, so consistency doesn't really matter, but it would be worth wondering why he would go back to Adam Cole after he had just turned on him eight months ago. So, I mean, Tony Khan is pretty is pretty good with storytelling as far as that goes, so I don't know if they would completely ignore that. Um they would have to explain that, but we'll see. They don't have to, but I think it would be nice if they did. But anyway, that's just uh, my fantasy booking there. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson, a hair versus hair match. I thought they had a good match, not a great match. I think Hudson is talented, but I don't know. I thought they could have a better match here than they did. And now that we know they're building to a no holds barred match next week on the show, maybe that's where they go all out. I don't know, but this was pretty basic stuff. Grimes wins on a roll up. Um, dumb. And then he shaves Duke Hudson's head afterward, and he didn't shave all of it. He's not bald. He just has a as a uh, fucking crew cut or whatever. Um, so not exactly living up to the stipulation, but he did shave his head because a lot of the times, like 
at TakeOver, what was it, Fatal 4-Way, seven years ago, they had Sylvester LaFort versus Enzo, and LaFort lost, and he was supposed to get his head shaved, but he actually didn't. It was like the other dude instead, Marcus Louis or whatever. So, um, yeah, that was just stupid. So, thankfully, they didn't do that, but I thought this was fine. I thought it was fine undercard filler, um, but not exactly anything, you know, too great, though. Yeah, it was fine. It was what it was. It needed to be. It was what it needed to be. I mean, nothing to write home about. Not a huge. Honestly, the more I see Duke Hudson, the less I want to see him. <laughs> I like Cameron Grimes, but it just this is just not, not doing too much for me. What were your thoughts on the angle from Tuesday? Did you see that with the uh, that what was it, the wig or whatever the angle wig? Yeah, I speed searched it out. <laughs> Who do you think wins next week and then a holds barred match? Uh, Hudson. Hudson, okay. Do you think the feud continues with Hudson winning? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're I, ready to expose his bald head yet. Not just yet. Yeah, probably not yet. Um, Speaking of kind of filler undercard matches, Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. We were convinced I would have been shocked if Roderick won, and he did. Very surprised about that. Now, they did tease on NXT. Malcolm Bivens said, oh, the weight limit has been lifted. And then Gacy's made a comment in his promo about renaming 205 Live. He didn't say 205 Live, but he said he's in the process of getting to like uh, that show that's exclusive to a certain weight class. So clearly that's what he's talking about. Um, that, I mean, that should have been renamed years ago because it hasn't been 205 Live in forever. Um, but it seems weird they would be doing all of that without actually putting the belt on Gacy. Now, maybe he will at New Year's Evil. I don't know. The match was fine. I think, I think Gacy in the ring, I, I think the gimmick is dumb, but... Um, I think in the ring, he is talented. This didn't exactly reach the level of what I was hoping it would. But again, maybe a case of where they're holding out for a rematch at some other point down the road. Um, but I was very much surprised by the outcome, though. I know, I'm sure you were as well. Yeah, fun match, though. Like I said, I'm, his gimmick sucks, but I really like Gacy in the ring. Roddy's great. I was honestly so shocked that, that Roddy retained here. But like you said, maybe they can kind of build it up a little bit more and he wins it down the line. Is the cruiserweight division all but dead at this point? I mean, there's no cruiserweights left. I mean, he obviously beat Gacy here, who's not a cruiserweight, but I, I think it's time they just move on from this cruiserweight shit because they released everyone on the cruiserweight roster. I completely agree. Would you get rid of the belt? I mean, I know you had said maybe rebranding it as an openweight title, which isn't a bad idea, but I feel like NXT already has too many belts as it is, so I would just get rid of it altogether personally. Yeah, doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, belt's a bell. If it holds up your pants, then I guess it's worthwhile for something. So we'll see uh, We'll see where they go with that. We get to the men's War Games match. Team 2.0, Braun Breaker, the NXT North American champion, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. Taken on Team Black and Gold, consisting of NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight. In what wasn't an exceptional match, I thought. I, I really love this one. It's hard to say, oh, is it better than the first or the third? Like, I mean, there's been so many War Games matches that NXT has done at this point. It's hard to say where this falls. Um, but I thought the story was great. And honestly, I was especially impressed because I told you a, a couple of weeks ago, the whole War Games concept just felt forced to me. It didn't really feel like it was necessary. There was no real reason to do it. Um, but the women's one, I thought, delivered for the most part. This one even more so that I thought this was a great match. Again, going back to what you said earlier, too much furniture, too many weapons. Beyond that, though, I thought this was perfect. We got a lot of DIY callbacks. LA Knight really shined here. I thought him and Waller were fantastic. Um, Dunn just going after people's limbs was great. Even Tony D'Angelo held his own. Um, Braun Breaker was the star here, pinning Ciampa for the win, as he should have to hopefully get another title shot. And if this was indeed the swan song for Gargano, he went out on a high note. So I honestly really loved every aspect of this match for the most part. 
I thought it was just good. Like I said, too much furniture. I mean, I feel like that's my biggest gripe with all these war games. It's like, you have this cage, why you need all these weapons? But besides yep. that, I thought it was, like you said, a good match. I thought everything kind of was put in the right place. And um, I thought everyone shined where they needed to. Um, I mean, the biggest star is obviously Broad Breaker. I mean, geez almighty, the guy's a fucking superstar. So <laughs> him winning here like was what needed to happen. I feel like it solidified him as a top guy. And, I mean, he looked like a fucking beast. So no complaints from me. And the right team won. And, yeah, I thought it was a good ending. I thought the right team won. And no complaints. What's the term that bookers would use if they want to put a championship on someone? Would they say belt them? Is that, the, is that what they say, belt them? <laughs> a rocket up his ass. I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying as far as he wins the championship, right? Because he challenged Ciampa on Tuesday. Obviously, Roddy came out, or Diamond Mine came out instead. We're getting Breaker and Roddy next week, which sounds awesome. Um, I would assume we get Breaker and Ciampa at the New Year's Evil show, right? And hopefully he has to win there. He has to. Has to win. Has to win. <laughs> <laughs> he has to win. I'm looking forward to that. But no, I, I really enjoy this match. The you know amount of weapons they use, not great. But a lot of the table spots were well done. I thought Gargano got the shine. Uh, coming out to Rebel Heart, were you happy to see that? I didn't even care. Didn't care? You were like the biggest Gargano fan a couple of years ago. Yeah, but the ent- I don't like get like wet over the fucking entrance music. This kid. I thought you shed a tear <laughs> over in the Marceau compound. I literally didn't care. Kid, fast forward it through it and sat on his hands. I think I did speed search, and honestly. <laughs> I love it. So speaking of Gargano, let's, let's talk about it from NXT <laughs> on Tuesday. Um, you know, he, he bid farewell to the audience, had that emotional goodbye, um, cut an unscripted promo. He preempted London has fallen, which I did end up watching the first 10 minutes of. Um, but the promo itself I thought was great, if you want to even call it a promo. It's not really promoting anything. Um, but Grayson Waller attacked him. A lot of people up in arms about that. I had absolutely no problem with that at all. Um, I mean, maybe the, I would have had Carmelo Hayes be the one to beat beat up Gargano, but the fact that Gargano got attacked on his way out, I mean, everyone wants a happy goodbye and whatever. I mean, so do I, but, like, you got to put over the next people, too. I mean, it's not all about heat, but I'm saying, like, I don't, I mean, I get it, and I don't really mind it. And, and Grayson Waller is someone they want to push, and I think he's really talented, too. So uh, what were your thoughts on Gargano's uh, farewell from NXT? He seemingly felt farewell on Tuesday night. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was what it needed to be. That I, I thought it was. It was done right. Um, no complaints. I didn't have any problem with Waller being the one to attack him either. I mean, I mean, should it probably been Carmelo Hayes? Maybe, but I mean, he's too busy fighting and losing to Dexter Luma, so um, <laughs> which uh, I just don't understand. But whatever. So, um, but no, I thought it was good. I, I think it, if anything, can probably take some time off. Maybe come back when his things. I think you said a hashtag when his child's born, but thought it was done well. I, I don't know. I didn't have any complaints here. So you, well, regardless of who it was, it didn't sound like you had an issue with him being attacked. I did not. No, I, I feel like when you're going out, I mean, it, it puts someone else over, kind of make it makes him seem bigger than he is. So I had no problem with with Waller attacking him. And need a happy ending. The timeline was pissed. Dude, who cares? people said fucking XT after that. Because people just. Grow up. But that was probably the thing is though that was probably Gargano's idea. You got to put someone <laughs> over when you're leaving. I mean, he's leaving, or if, if he comes back, because once if he comes back, then he's got already ready-made thing. Exactly. If he if he were to leave the way that he did without him being attacked, why would he come back if he had nothing to go for? Like, who would he? I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's coming back to NXT, but we'll talk about that now. But I. 
I don't know. People are entitled to feel the way they did, but I think people are getting all butthurt about nothing about the fact he was attacked here. I mean, obviously, ideally, you would want the emotional send-off, but it's not like it's Shawn Michaels in 2010 after WrestleMania 26. It's not that big of a deal. Um, speaking of which, though, I mean, you mentioned you think he might come back after his baby is born. I mentioned that possibility as well. You mentioned doing some stuff here and there, some indie stuff. Who knows? What do you expect in the future holds? We talked about Kyle O'Reilly, but what about Gargano? What does the future hold for Johnny Wrestling? I I think I think he's just going to take some time off. I, I I don't hate him going to AEW. I just I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't I I just feel like there's so many guys there. He'd get lost in the shuffle so quickly, and I, I don't know. I feel like he could stay on NXT, keep like being some kind of a veteran presence and putting people over or helping at least. I just I think. He probably wanted maybe do go to AEW. I just feel like that his his future would be very limited there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like with AEW, like like you said, and we as we've talked about before, on his own, I don't know what you do with him. What does he feud with uh, the HFO or does he feud with Miro, who we haven't seen in a month? <sighs> See exactly. <You're> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they already have enough baby faces. They're not doing enough with. I mean, Darby Allen wasn't on last night's show. Jay Lethal got dumped in 90 seconds by Matt. I just won't get over that. I thought that was the dumbest thing. Um, yeah, I, I like. I think I said this on hashtag. But unless Choppa also becomes a free agent at some point soon, they reform DIY. Listen, sign me the fuck up for DIY and FTR again. I would eat that shit up in a heartbeat in AEW. Beyond that, though, on his own, I just don't see a future for him on that show. The same way I don't in WWE, but at least in WWE, he has a ready-made spot in NXT. He's always involved in something of note, whether you like it or not. The main roster is also a possibility. Could you see him ending up on Raw or SmackDown? Or I, I feel like if they really wanted him, they would have called him up by now. I, I feel like he's going to end up right back up in NXT. Yeah, I think he's going to be... I think he'll still be in NXT. I think he could go on Raw and SmackDown. I just feel like they wouldn't use him. If he's just going to stay at that point, just stay in NXT, like I said, like, just to keep working... Maybe become a coach or a trainer. I mean, I, I think that's probably the best for him. I had a good laugh when he said that uh, they turned him down at his performance center, you know, tryout or whatever back in 2015. And then, like, six months later, they brought him back for a dark match and they brought him back every, every week after that. But I had a good laugh when he mentioned that his dark match was against Apollo Crews. I mean, when was the last time we saw that guy on Raw? I think I guess he faced Priest like a week or two ago. But, <laughs> I mean, that's a prime example of a guy. That is exactly where Gargano would be if he got called up to Raw right now. He would be right there on main event, I feel, with the rest of those guys. Yep, I think so. I agree. So, I don't know. I would just keep him right down in NXT, but only after taking a couple of months off. And obviously, he's got to do whatever's best for him. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see what his future holds. But I enjoyed War Games. I thought it was a good show, like you said. Um, much better than I thought it would be, considering it's not a takeover. And uh, Tuesday's show wasn't a barn burner at all. But, you know, they lose Kyle O'Reilly. They lose Gargano. But they also still have a lot of potential stars in Breaker and Hayes. And I think Waller is very good. D'Angelo's growing on me. I love Sol- uh, Solo Sequoia. Um, they got a couple of other people coming in soon, too. So hopefully they can kind of fill in the gaps um, as well as... Um, who am I thinking of? The Creed Brothers, they're another tag team that has potential and they're not losing a Josh Briggs and uh, Brooks Jensen or whatever the fuck. Stupid. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought it was a good show. So let's talk about Raw real quick before we get to Dynamite. Um, I, I liked Raw for what it was. I, I didn't think it was as good as last week's show, but I thought it was still solid for what it was. Um, starting with the Steel Cage match, Biggie beating Kevin Owens. And I thought this would have been a prime opportunity for Kevin Owens to win by not pinning Biggie, escaping the cage. 
Didn't happen. Biggie still won, and then he attacked him afterward, as, as well as Bobby Lashley. But I feel like that's as good of a sign as any that Kevin Owens is probably on his way out. But I thought it was a good match, though. I want to get your thoughts. No, that was a good match. That was a great way to start the show. Um, start with something hot. Yep. Was a little bit surprised. I did think, like you said, I thought Owens might win here. Just kind of like show a little bit more. But I mean, him losing is what it is. The heel turn and whatever. But yeah, I think we kind of already realized that Owens is not going to stay. So this kind of cemented a little bit more for me. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe it's because he doesn't have a contract in place, and they don't want. I mean, obviously he's still signed now, but he hasn't resigned so far. So. Maybe they don't want him beating the champion if he ultimately doesn't resign. Um, I mean, that makes sense. He could always resign later on. But I thought this was a good way to kick off the show. Bobby Lashley laying out all three men, though. Owens, Rollins, Big E. Do we get a fatal four-way at day one now? Where do you think that's headed? Um, It's possible. I hope not. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the multi-man matches, so the triple threat was kind of mad to me to begin with. And yep. muddying the waters with the fourth guy, I mean... Seems like that's the direction they're going in, but I, I hope not. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe they have Bobby in the Rumble or something. I'm not exactly sure, but we'll see where they go with it. Um, I, I still think Owens is taking the losing fall. I don't know. Maybe they just want something for Bobby to do on the show. I don't really know, but uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, who's winning this RK Bro Bronament, as they call it, for the uh, number one contenders for the tag team titles? You got the Profits in there. We got the Mysterios advancing as well. Who ultimately of those two teams will be facing RK Bro for the tag titles? Very likely at day one. Um, I think it's going to be the Mysterios. I mean, okay. I feel like you could keep the. That's where you can kind of keep the dissension between them and then kind of go into WrestleMania if that's the plan they're going with. So, I mean, I like the Street Profits, but I feel like we've already seen it a few times. So, I'd rather do the Mysterios. Okay. Either team is fine with me. At least they're finally establishing a tournament to determine new uh, new number one contenders. But, yeah, I thought the matches were fine for what they were. Uh, Priest retaining his United States Championship against Robert Roode on the show. Fine match. Uh, we got Bianca and Dewdrop ending by a countout with Bianca winning there. Uh, Miz and Edge set in stone for day one. Good segment there. Um, again, I'm just kind of I'm glossing over a lot of this stuff because I thought it was a good show, but nothing really to you know talk about here. Um, but we get to the main event, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, I thought they had a good match. Um, definitely started out slow, but they picked up the pace down the stretch. You know, I see a lot of people saying, oh, you know, Liv wasn't as over as she, you know, as people thought she was. Maybe that's an indicator why she shouldn't have won here. I mean, she's been over in literally every single city they've ever been to. Maybe this was the exception. Uh, maybe it's because they felt like she wouldn't win. I don't think she's not over. I think she's definitely over. But it doesn't matter. I don't think she should have won here. Again, the same thing goes with the Gargano thing. A lot of people upset Mr. Marceau that Liv Morgan did not win here. The company fucked over their fans. Give them what they want. Have Liv Morgan win. The way you responded to what I tweeted about how maybe they can go back to it um, with the way that Becky cheated and maybe Liv beats her down the road, that's a possibility too. But either way, I was not upset with this at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I mean, I like Liv Morgan. I think she's grown on me a little bit more. I mean... I was a big Liv Morgan mark when she was coming out to the yo, 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 yo. <laughs> or so. But, uh, no, I, I think she's got a lot of fan, like, fans behind her. I feel like she's been great as a baby face. And, I mean, I thought it was a good match, but I just don't think it was the right time to take it off Becky. I think if you're going to have Liv take it off, like, have her, like, earn a little bit more. And, like I said, maybe she wins the Rumble or maybe they do a rematch. But 
realistically, I would just have her win the Rumble, and like I said, like maybe beat her clean, but maybe cheat to beat her too, because I mean, it seems like that's how Becky keeps winning now, is cheating, so... We'll see, but I don't think the other night was the right night. I don't really understand the backlash, but, I mean, people will complain about anything, so. Yeah, I mean, people saying, oh, they got to give the people what they want. <sighs> I feel like the payoff will be worth it with Becky. I don't want to say that it, it absolutely will be, because my, listen, it's the same thing I said to, like with the Carrying Cross thing. Like, my biggest thing was that, yeah, obviously they can go back to it and maybe they'll, they'll rectify it, but they didn't. And I know how this company works, but e- even knowing that Liv Morgan may not be positioned as a star coming out of this, which I hope she will be, that's the hope, and it's not like I have a lot of confidence in their booking, It's I still would not have put the belt on her. Like, I would have liked it if they did, but I still think, I mean, is the end game to you the same for me in that you think they're going to probably have Becky lose at a WrestleMania to whoever probably wins the Women's Rumble? At this point, I would. I mean, why wouldn't you? I, I feel like that's the way that they're... They've been telling her up. I feel like it'd be silly to do it anytime soon. So you got three potential options. Liv, Bianca, who also lost to Becky and was made to look like a loser. And she honestly probably needs it more than Liv does, in my opinion, even though she's already been a champion. But you got Bianca, Liv, and Rhea Ripley. Of those three, and Rhea I mentioned because they just lost the tag titles and she's probably going back on her own at some point. Of those three, who would you have win the Raw Women's Rumble or the Women's Rumble from Raw to face Becky at WrestleMania? Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, okay, so would you say that Liv wins the Rumble and then wins the championship of Mania? I, I would do it. I, I think Bianca and Rhea, I mean, Rhea definitely needs some little rehab, but, I mean, I think Bianca, yeah, she's not doing the greatest right now, but I feel like she's a star already, so she doesn't need to win the belt back immediately. I, I think Liv, you have the chance to make another star, so I would, I would dip into that well. So if you think they're going to be doing that at Mania, do you think they go back to the rematch at day one? Mm. Uh, probably not. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I, I get a feel like, I can see like Becky being like get in the back of the line, bitch, or just beat you. Doesn't <laughs> Maybe. I mean, she did cheat to win, so that's why I said there's probably a rematch coming at some point, whether it be a day one or mania or whatever. But I would be shocked if they didn't go back to it. Um, at, at some point. Um, one last WWE note before we go on to Dynamite. Speaking of the same thing, we got Roman and Brock actually set for day one and not at the Rumble. Um, reportedly that's due to Nick Khan and that's a Nick Khan idea because they want to load up day one and make it feel like a big and important annual occurrence uh, what do you think go- is going on there I mean do they have Brock win I mean I don't think he loses I don't think he gets pinned twice uh, do they do a multi-man match like where, where do you think that's going with those two uh, I don't know I, I, I'm interested though I like it being at day one I don't think it needs to be at the Rumble the Rumble sells itself yep um, I like it. I mean, I think there could be some shenanigans, more shenanigans than we saw the last time. So, I don't know. I don't think it'll be a clean win, but we'll see what happens. I don't think Roman's going to lose either. Nah, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I always say that he might just because I don't want to set it in stone that he will win, but I don't think he should lose at this point, um, especially to Brock, in my opinion. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I- I'm interested to see what they do with that show. They're definitely loading it up, though, so we'll see what they do. Um, we'll talk about Dynamite real quickly, live from Long Island. On Wednesday night, I thought a pretty quality show overall. We talked a little bit about it before we went live here, and we'll get into the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, but CM Punk addressing the audience and trolling the crowd. We had MJF and Dante Martin as the final two in the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Um, your thoughts in the first 30 minutes of the show? I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Punk being a fucking dick to the crowd, I thought was great. Um, in MJF's hometown. And then the Battle Royal was completely throwaway, but I thought the right two people were the... 
final two people in there for a ring that doesn't really matter, but it, it is what it is. So your thoughts in the first 30 minutes of the show? Oh, that was good. I think Punk was a little surprised how negative heat that he got it right. Yeah. I think that's why he kind of went after the crowd. Um, but that was good. I kind of wish MGF came out at that point and kind of like confronted him, but coming out right after kind of salvated it for me. And MGF being in the, like, I mean, he's one of the last two years, so him not being in it wouldn't make much sense. And Dante Martin's kind of the stories there. Yeah, I figured, yeah. The right guy and no complaints. I figured Dante Martin would team or turn on Team Taz. I know he joined with them a week ago, but I figured it would happen here, and that's exactly what happened. He turned on them in the Battle Royal. Now that we have one-on-one for the Diamond Ring next week, a lot of people saying, oh, MJF won't win three years in a row, but, I mean, I guess you could have Dante win, but he, would he really carry around a ring for a year? Would they have him give it to Team Taz because he broke the contract? What do you think they'd do with MJF and Dante next week? I, I, honestly, I would keep it on MJF for like three or four or five years, honestly, and then finally have him lose it when it's a big, big deal. I would keep it on MJF. I mean, because I think if they gave it to Dante Martin, like you said, they might make him give the team Taz, and they're not a really a big focal point, so the ring would kind of just go away. I feel like it would just be kind of like, It'd be like basically like giving the crown to fucking Queen, Queen Zelina. Like, I feel like it kind of would just be a, a prop at that point. Like, MGF, I feel like it makes it a big deal. I would just keep it on him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, the Team Taz stuff, I could see people saying, I saw people saying, oh, maybe CM Punk cost MGF the ring. What about Team Taz? Wouldn't Team Taz cost Dante Martin the ring? I mean, it kind of, kind of uh, you know, counters each other out. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought that was fine for what it was. So we then get into your favorite part of the show. We got all the tag team matches. Eight-man tag team match, Jurassic Express and Varsity Blondes beating the Acclaimed in 2.0. A really random match. I don't know why Eddie Kingston is wasting his time with fucking 2.0 and, and Daniel Garcia. That just seems random to me. Um, the Bucks versus Rocky Romero and Chuck Taylor. Exactly what you would expect. Um, I enjoyed these matches, but I could see why you would hate them, Mr. Marceau. So uh, g- give me your two cents on why you hated these two matches. It's because at the end of the day, no one gets over and no one cares. I mean, especially the fucking eight-man. I mean, 2.0, Danny Garcia, like, I don't understand why people love them. Um, Jurassic Express, I mean, Jungle Boy, poor bastard. I feel like he's just, like, gets pushed and he goes right down the card. Varsity Blondes, I mean, haven't seen them on TV in forever. I mean, I think they're good, but, I mean, when they're never on TV, why should I care about them? I like the Acclaim, but they're kind of the same way. I feel like they're on TV, off TV. There's no, like, steady booking of them either, so that one was, like, whatever. Then Eddie Kingston looked like an absolute idiot for getting the shit kicked out of him after the match. Um, and then the Bucks, I mean, you've seen one, you've seen them all. It's basically what it was. Now, I don't have any other comment. I mean, the stupid kiss spot every time gets me fucking pissed, so. <laughs> I think of you every time I see that. Just it, it is awful every time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we got the return of Trent afterward with Sue in the car. I think you pop for that one. I literally looked up Molly and said, why am I watching this show? <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah, so we had all of that. Cody Rhodes accepting the AEW TNT Open Challenge from Sammy Guevara. That's going to be happening, I believe, on the Christmas Day edition of Rampage. So if I if I heard this correctly yesterday, Tony Khan had clarified. Now, we got next week's show. Winter is Coming is on Wednesday. Rampage on Friday. In two weeks, Christmas is on a Saturday this year. They're not doing a show on Christmas Eve, but rather on Christmas Day itself. Probably taped in advance, I would assume. Um, but they're going to be doing Cody and Sammy on that show itself, I believe. 
And they had Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky interrupt, talking about how Dan Lambert's coming back. I Listen, I like Dan Lambert and the promos he cuts, but why is he coming back, though? There's no reason for him to be on the show at this point. They're, they're just complete goofs. Men of the Year are talented, but Scorpio Sky is specifically is being wasted in this role. I, I just I don't care about these guys at all. Um, the Cody and, and Sammy thing I like, it's actually a rematch from the first ever match in Dynamite history from two years ago. So I like that a lot. I don't think Cody should win, obviously. Um, but I think it should be a good match. So your take on all of this involving the TNT title? thought it was good for the... It is what it is. I mean, I don't... Cody just needs to turn on him at this point. He almost went to the heel tunnel. I, I know he teased it. I saw it. I mean, <laughs> that was... Okay, so, like, that was fine. I'm like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But the whole fucking Men of the Year stuff, it is awful. I feel bad for Scorpio Sky. I mean, I think he's so talented, and they're just wasting him in this fucking terrible gimmick. <laughs> the other page, I literally don't care about, so... <laughs> the other page, yeah, exactly. He is what he is. I mean, go back to Impact, buddy. I mean, I have no... I could care less about the other page. His his partner was the Impact World Champion, like, a month ago. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and fucking, um... Listen, I think I thought AEW was supposed to be a step up. It feels like I don't know. I, I know a lot of people don't watch Impact, but Josh Alexander's former partner has had a much better year than Ethan Page has, and that's just a fact, in my opinion. But I mean, I guess it's not a fact if it's my opinion, but still, whatever. Uh, Rio versus Jamie Hader. I actually like this match a lot. Don't love the Jimmy Heater loss, but we we knew that we knew that was coming. Rio beat Britt Baker a couple of weeks ago, so they're probably saving that for the Battle of the Belts. Um, I did like the match though, and 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 Rio looked like she got her back broken in that backbreaker. That was a fantastic spot. I knew she was gonna win. I accepted it. They hit me over the head with a kendo stick. <laughs> I I honestly don't understand. I told you this. I tweeted it out. I honestly have no idea why any person has any appeal to Rio. I don't get it. She's not that great in the ring. She literally is like 70 pounds. <laughs> I just don't understand it. And I feel like Jamie Hayter could be an absolute fucking star for them. And I think they, I mean, I think they won't fuck her up, but I don't know. Losing the Riho, I mean, I just, I just shake my head every time. Yeah, I don't know. I like Riho. I, I don't really care too much about her and I mentioned to you earlier like she hasn't cut any promos and maybe her English isn't great at all but that's why they have subtitles I literally don't think we've heard from her a single time in the two years that she's been with this company it was my biggest issue with her title reign which was completely forgettable and that's my biggest issue with her now um, she has good matches but I don't know I just I would rather see I'm, I'm in the same camp where I would rather see someone like Jamie Hayter spotlighted personally but that's just me uh, Malachi Black missing Julia Hart is what it is Brian Danielson. You want to go off on this? It was just like when she took the she took the cold spray. She looked like she was like she just like literally fell to her knees and just screamed. It was hilarious. Remember when the young buck sprayed her in the face and she thought she was like frozen? Now I remember. I mean, I didn't mind her screaming because it's. I mean, this is a bigger deal. This, that that spray was stupid. I mean, this I kind of get. My issue with the segment, not that it was a bad or good segment, but my issue with it was that. When Black missed it, or he was like a mile away from her. It didn't even look like he missed it. It looked like he missed it the other guys. Well, he does it every time. If you ever actually watch him do the miss, he misses everyone every time. I mean, he gets more... I mean, it sounds weird, but he gets more missed in the face of like Cody Rhodes and stuff than he did Julia. I didn't see anything on Julia's face at all. <laughs> yeah, 
that's what happens you stand so far away. Yeah, that was weird. But probably Senna Black and uh, Brian Pillman, which sounds like you know, a good match to me, so I'm okay with that. Uh, Brian Danielson and John Silver in the main event, exactly what it needed to be. Silver getting some offense in his hometown, but ultimately falling short to Brian Danielson. He's really been killing it as a heel lately. And we got Danielson and Page next week for the AEW World Championship, the actual page, not the other page, uh, Hangman. So that's going to be a great match. Let's talk about Winter is Coming right now. Um, first of all, if you have any thoughts on Silver and Danielson, go right ahead. But your prediction for Danielson and Adam Page next week on uh, Winter is Coming. Uh, I think it's a tough one. I think it's a toss-up. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with Page. I mean, I think it would be really silly to take that belt off him that quick. I just feel like they're not going to have Brian lose either. I honestly feel like they're going to do some stupid time limit draw, which I don't want to see. No, I w- I, we talked about it last week. I think that'd be dumb. I just, the thing is, I don't see that Brian losing clean either. So maybe you have one of the, the Dark Order job guys come out and like cost him the win or something. But I don't, know, I don't think he's going to beat, beat Brian clean. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I feel like my guess is that he will. Um, I would rather hmm, not clean, but I don't. I think I think a timeout or a timeout, a, a countout would be dumb. Um, just because we already saw that with Danielson and Omega two three months ago, so I wouldn't do that per se. But would you you expect Paige to leave? Is still the world champion, right? Regardless. Yeah, Paige is going to be the champion, so he should at least. Okay, I agree. Uh, we already talked with MJF and Dante Martin earlier, but do you expect MJF to leave with the Dynamite Diamond Ring still? Yes. I do as well. And they just added to the show next week. Um, I guess it's a two-night show according to Wikipedia. They're going to be continuing Winter is Coming. It's still going to be coming on Rampage. Um, so it's going to be a two-week event or a two-day event next week. Um, Hakura Shida versus Serena Deeb, the big rubber match of the match that we saw in person on Dynamite a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, back in October. I think that was the second. No, that was the first one, I think. Either way, this, is, this should be a great match. Um, what do you expect out of this one? I think it'll be a good match. Um, I'm going to go with Sheeta. Sheeta? Okay. All right. That's the end of the feud probably, right? Yes, sir. All right. All right. I look forward to it. Um, speaking of end of the year stuff, forgot to mention this last week, but it went live on Friday, uh, right after we recorded, but people got to vote. 2021 WWE AEW NXT Year in Review Awards, nine years running, Mr. Marcel. You've probably voted in almost every single one of them, and this year was no different. We got Match of the Year for Male and Female, Male and Female Star of the Year. Um, I like to break it up just because it's easier, because I feel like if I did star of the year, I feel like the male would win every single time, so I like to give everyone like an equal opportunity um, from both companies. So I have like AEW match of the year, WWE match of the year, male, female, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, that's that's about it. Feud of the year, uh, show of the year, stuff like that. But you can vote right now on WrestleRant.com. Um, it's right on the homepage, right under uh, reviews. You can you can check it out on the top of the page, also in the middle of the homepage as well. Um, you, Mr. Marceau, already voted, but the results will be revealed on the, what is it, the 30th edition? I think the December 30th edition of WrestleRant Radio. Last year we did it on New Year's Eve itself. It's going to be the day before this year, which uh, works out a lot better for me. Voting closes, though, in less than three weeks on the 29th. So you got another three weeks to vote. Do it now. Don't waste time. Uh, what's your take, Mr. Marceau, on what you voted on this year? I know some were easier, easier than others. Uh, what are your take on the nominees this year? I thought I did a better job than usual, in my personal opinion. Um, that was good. I mean, I thought the women's match of the year, it was hard because I just don't, I couldn't, I didn't think like one really stood out. Mm-hmm. 
So that definitely was the toughest one. Like, I actually had to, like, sit and think about it for a little bit. But the other ones, I mean, well, that was a good list. I mean, if my ones I picked didn't win, the people are just stupid. But besides <laughs> that, I think, I think I did good. I mean, it didn't take me too long. I did get tripped up by the women's one for a while. But, no, I thought, like you said, I thought, like, they all had good choices. Sometimes you put in some, like, meh, people that like, get, like, 0%. So yeah. I think it did better this year with, like, a little bit more even playing field there. Right. So, right. I mean, I think there will be some people that still get 0%, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. But I, I think it was a better mix, like, a mixed bag this year than, and then in years past. Yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, la- the last couple of years haven't been great as far as, like, there hasn't been a great variety of people on top. Like, with WWE this year, I struggled as far as, like, who was, like, the wrestler of the year for the men. Obviously, one name stands out, but I had to think of a couple other people. I thought Biggie had a great year. Bobby Lashley had a damn good year. And then beyond that, the well runs dry, my friend. So, I mean, <laughs> it was tough to come up with people in some of these categories. Like, some other stuff was easy. Like, I th- honestly thought there were a lot of great pay-per-views this year. You know, Full Gear comes to mind. We watched that one together. All Out was great. WrestleMania, I thought, was a great two-night event this year. I loved Crown Jewel. Never thought I would say that, but it was a great show. Money in the Bank was great. Got a couple good takeovers. Um, The thing that is unfortunate, I always start these at the beginning of December. Nothing in December ever counts. Um, I don't know if I would put War Games on there, but maybe one of the War Games matches. Um, But anyway... Anyway, so you can vote right now in the 2021 9th Annual WWE AEW NXT Year in Review Awards right now. Voting ends in the 29th. We're going to be talking about the results on the 30th of WrestleRant Radio here in the month of December. Um, all that being said, Mr. Marceau, any closing thoughts as we ride off into the sunset here? I got nothing. I mean, I think uh, I recommend go seeing Home Alone 3 because GSM's like a <laughs> negative dancing. Is that on Disney Plus or no? Yeah, it's good shit, pal. Oh, God. I mean, it's obviously the weakest of the first three, but I just don't like that movie. The fact they just don't bring back any of the original actors I don't like, I would rather just settle for one and two. Maybe I'll rewatch it just to, just to entertain you, but beyond that, though, maybe I'll go watch you Home Sweet Home Alone just to tell you how fucking bad it is. Don't. It's awful. It's a waste of time. <laughs> it's a waste of time. It is. I can't get that hour, I can't get that hour and a half back. <laughs> So I'll see. I'll, I'll try to watch some more movies in the next week, and we can discuss here as we inch closer and closer towards Christmas, Mr. Marceau. New episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podbean, or Google Podcast and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show for new episodes, like I said, every single Thursday. Enjoy the month of uh, December, Mr. Marceau. I'll catch your ass next week, brother. Sounds good, brother. Adios. Adios.